0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California. Sometime in the next few days, perhaps Monday, says Governor Gavin Newsom, he will announce the next phase in California's response to and management of the coronavirus pandemic, what he's calling his endemic plan to deal with COVID-19 as it becomes a permanent part of everyday life, not an emergency threat the way it's been for the last couple of years. The governor's been dropping hints about what's in that endemic plan, and we expect him to unveil it in detail probably sometime next week. For more on what this could mean and what it could look like, we're joined today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Dr. Jean Noble, professor at UCSF, and uh, she's in charge of COVID response in the emergency department at UCSF uh, at the Parnassus campus. Thank you so much for being with us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I appreciate you taking some time from what I know is a very busy work schedule. Uh, What do you think, when we hear about an endemic plan, can you explain for people, maybe who don't understand the difference, what, what that means in terms of pandemic versus endemic?
0: Yeah, in a pandemic, we expect to see large surges that really have a big impact on our society. Hospitalization rates going up, hospitals potentially becoming overcapacity. Schools, of course, have closed. Just general disruptions to our society due to a disease running through our community with an endemic disease, we expect cases to to be with us, you know, all the time, or at least seasonally there, but not to disrupt our daily lives. And so, one of the important changes that we can expect to see with a new, with new endemic planning is that we no longer focus on case counts, and we no longer focus on preventing every last transmission of COVID, but realize, like influenza, like many respiratory viruses. It's here to stay. And what we really need to do is pivot and focus our efforts on decreasing serious illness and death, not tracking down and isolating every last case.
1: So we would handle it the way we do the flu or the cold or or anything else like that. So the state is already moving away from the, the indoor public mask mandate next week. What else could could we see? I mean, could we be talking about not requiring kids to wear masks at school, for example?
0: yes i hope that that is coming down the pike in fact kids are our lowest risk group our lowest risk group in society as a whole they have less chance of getting serious illness certainly much less chance of dying from covid than adults so what i am really hoping is that we will be lifting our mask mandate for kids in school because they are least in harm's way, and they have, they have the most to lose from perpetual masking. Kids are still learning language. They're still learning how to interpret complex facial expressions. Our English language learners are at a significant disadvantage from being masked at school, as are kids who have speech delay or speech challenges. So our kids mask now for six to eight hours a day, five days a week will really benefit from the lifting of the mask mandate in schools as soon as that comes down the pike.
1: How much could that be dependent on something like whether you're vaccinated or not? I mean, could the state say, would you expect them to say, um, okay, kids who are vaccinated, they're asymptomatic, you don't have to wear masks at school anymore. But if you're not vaccinated, you do. I mean, would that be fair? And could that be part of something like this?
0: that might be proposed i am dubious that it would be though just because we had our high school and middle schoolers vaccinated before this school year started and we thought that might be the way the state would would put down policy to say okay kids who are vaccinated don't have to mask and other kids do but they did not do that and in fact they highlighted the fact that they didn't want to single out some kids over others and say these kids have to mask and those kids don't so i don't anticipate that we'd be going there now and we don't really need high vaccination rates in schools in order for kids to unmask safely vaccines are a highly effective way to prevent serious illness and death and all parents, I, I am asking them directly, please get your kids vaccinated. Very safe, very protective. But our kids, our unvaccinated kids, have a flu like level risk of disease from COVID. Our vaccinated kids have a disease burden that is far less than the flu. So we've never held our kids out of school or masked them during flu season. So there's really not a public health justification for doing it, even for unvaccinated kids for COVID.
1: Do you think once this endemic plan is laid out and actually implemented, will we be returning? I mean, barring another variant or something cropping up, returning to something much more approaching what we would consider life as normal over, over the next weeks or months?
0: I do. I think that is really what's around the corner for us. For better or worse, with Omicron being so highly infectious, we have a lot more immunity now. We have our vaccine mediated immunity, but we also have a lot of natural immunity because so many people got infected. We had you know, 10 times the case counts from during the height of our Omicron surge than we did for Delta. That immunity is protective for our community, protects against future surges. So I do think it is time for us to transition back to 2019 living. With the end of the mask mandate, people don't have to take off their masks immediately, but they are allowed to do so. And people will move at their own pace and and do their own risk calculation and risk assessment. But we do need to step by step get back to where we were in 2019 and i think it's time that we do so
1: i do know people who you know can't get rid of the mask soon enough and then there are those who say no 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 i'm keeping this thing on i don't care what they say i i'm not taking a risk they've enjoyed not getting a cold or the flu for the last couple of years um could we see i mean we're likely to see a mix of that right at least for the foreseeable future
0: Yeah. And I think that's just fine. You know, and and if we lift that mask mandate for kids in schools, it doesn't mean that there won't be parents who are sending their kids to school in masks. And that's fine. And of course, we do have a very small proportion of our population, less than one percent, but whom are highly vulnerable. And by that, I mean people who are on chemotherapy regimens, people who have organ transplants. For those folks, luckily very small in number, they may want to continue to mask and upgrade their mask. You know, talk to their physician about getting fit tested for an N95 to use when case counts are high, for example. But for everyone else, for our generally healthy lower risk population, they can unmask at their, at their comfort zone. And our kids who are most ready to unmask now can start do, doing, that, doing that immediately.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Gene Noble, associate professor at UCSF, manages COVID response for the UCSF emergency department. Thanks for being with us.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter, at Sovereign Nation. A lot going on there. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS.